Alrighty, folks. Welcome to Before Showtime with Connor and Marcelo. This is Marcelo speaking. And Connor. Hey, there he is. Today, what we are going to discuss is Infinity Pool. We're going to do a review of that, and then we will kind of pivot the conversation towards elevated horror and the state of of modern horror. Yeah, the state of modern horror. Why don't we just jump right into it? Infinity Pool, Connor. What are your thoughts on that movie? Infinity Pool is the third feature film by Brandon Cronenberg, the son of David Cronenberg. His previous films include his debut feature, Antiviral, starring Caleb Landry-Jones, and his previous feature, Possessor, starring Andrea Riceboro, Academy Award nominee, Sean Bean, and Jennifer Jason Leigh, a great- wow. Stacked. A great, disturbing psychological horror film. Very mind-bending. One of my favorite films of 2020. I actually watched it the night before I watched Infinity Pool. Really? So this is a good question. Now that you've seen Infinity Pool and Possessor, which one did you think was a little bit stronger? Hot take. I actually like Possessor just a teensy bit more. Interesting. That being said, Infinity Pool was a hell of a trip. Hell of a trip. I actually really enjoyed this movie. So did I. Yeah, you can argue it's a little bit disturbing, but isn't that kind of the point? Yeah, Um, I don't think you're supposed to feel comfortable during a Brandon Cronenberg movie. I don't think so either, especially with his father being David Cronenberg, right? Yeah. The director of Videodrome. The Fly, Scanners, Dead Ringers. Yeah. He's like a body horror specialist, right? He, He popularized the genre. He was making all these body horror films. During the AIDS epidemic, he was making these body horror films. You're correct, yeah. His son has got some talent. That's what I will he's say. He's not another front. Nepo baby. No, he's got, he's got extreme talent. And what I like about him is you can see he's influenced by his father, but he's doing his own thing at the same time. Yeah, his stuff is more psychological, but it has gore in it. And so it still leans into that body horror. It's more realistic, value. the gore, though, than his father. His father kind of goes like really out there with the body horror stuff, whereas... At least from this one picture that I've seen from Cronenberg, the younger one, it's very grounded in in kind of a realistic depiction of violence, which I liked. Albeit with a bit of a surrealistic atmosphere, with some psychedelia, similarly bizarre imagery to Possessor. Yeah, no. So, So the general story of Infinity Pool is there's this writer named James. And James he, A. James A. And he's in a he's in a resort uh, of some sort called um, La Tolca. This resort is a little bit cult like, right, Connor? It is. It's a very st- cult like. Very cult like. They have like their own rules that don't really make sense, but rich people just be like that. If you commit a crime, you can kind of get away with it as long as you do this certain operation in the movie. Where I won't spoil it, but it's very interesting. You the go way into they do this it. vat of pink goo. That's they, all we'll give away. Yeah, and there is a reason why the movie's called Infinity Pool, but I think I'm going to stray away from telling people why. Because it just came out, and we want you to go in kind of blind. Yeah, and in terms of, like, where is, where is Mia Goss' character come into the picture, she's a, a part of a, a couple that Alexander Skarsgård's character, James, meets, and she starts to kind of manipulate him ever so slowly throughout the movie. And let's just talk about Mia Goth. Mia fucking Goth. James A. Being as unhinged as we've ever seen her, she was fucking incredible in this. Excellent. Almost, it's almost as good, almost as, 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 Pearl. As, good as Pearl. And 
it's smaller role, right? Technically supporting, but she has just as much, maybe even more arguably to do than Alexander Skarsgård. That's an argument, yeah. No, because her her character is a, is a little more interesting, I would say, than his. You don't, she's a little more mysterious in the beginning. You don't know much about her. You honestly even know more about Alexander Skarsgård than you do about him yeah. coming out of and the she has And she has actually a really great uh, dinner scene in the opening that I, I was like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for this performance, honestly. Yeah. Skarsgård, how did, how did our boy Skarsgård do? He did, he was a bit more subtle than Mia Goth, albeit when he needed to, because there are two scenes, one in the middle and one towards the end, not to give anything away, where he does go completely off and gets unhinged and gets bug-eyed and really, really high. Yeah, with like a weird drug that I think is fictional because I've never seen it. I think it has similar effects to ayahuasca, if anybody knows what that is. it's It reminded me of bath salts. Yeah. Because it just completely gives you super strength and takes over your yeah. nerves and everything. No, I, I really enjoyed him in this movie. This is probably his top three performance that I've ever seen him do, to be honest. Yeah, he's an underrated scars guard. For sure. I think, is this like better than the Northman performance for you, Connor? I wouldn't exactly say so. It's close for me. I don't have too much recency bias, but... It's, it's close for me. I think Northman's impressive, but this one's a little bit more psychological, right? Definitely. In terms of the supporting cast, there are a lot of actors I don't know. It's relatively small cast. Yeah. Which I Definitely think smaller than than Possessor's cast. Yeah, I, see, that's one of the things with the movie. I kind of had a problem with. I wanted it to go bigger at points, and I think maybe just didn't have the budget level to do so. Probably not because it it was not a Hollywood movie. It was no an international co-production between Canada, Croatia, France, and Hungary. They shot most of it in Croatia and Hungary. It was probably cheaper to shoot there. Yeah, and it was distributed by Neon, not even A twenty four, but Neon. When we were sitting in the theater looking at the credits, a lot of the of the, cre- the uh, crew members were Croatian, for sure. I could not pronounce their last names, for sure. No. A lot of accents. A lot of accents. So how did the story hold up for you, Connor, overall? I think it's a somewhat less cohesive story than Possessor. I think that's why I like Possessor just a teensy bit more. I feel like Possessor like went exactly where it was kind of aiming to go. I feel like there were a couple moments where I feel like Infinity Pool, I wanted a little more from it. I agree. There was also certain aspects where it got a little too psychedelic for me. Yeah, and there's a there's an orgy scene halfway through the film that is a few minutes long and a few minutes too long a few minutes too long and is all neon lit and has some very psychedelic imagery and quick editing yeah and i I do want to say this up front too if you're not into strobe effects this is not the movie avoid this movie because there's multiple scenes it's not just one scene there's multiple scenes of strobing and I'm not one to get nauseous during movies, but I was getting a little bit nauseous during the... You know which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, and he did similar effects to Possessor, so if you don't like that, avoid Possessor too. Also, if you don't like disturbing movies just pass on this because oh, no. it is definitely it's one of the most up. it's one of the most disturbing movies i've seen in recent memory i even Same thought it was possessor i honestly. thought it was more disturbing than like even bones and all like by far i thought bones and all was even more shocking really like, I, I don't know this wonder. one the violence in this one really got me like in terms of how like gritty it was yeah this film and possessor both got nc-17 ratings on their initial mpaa submission i can see why yeah also dude those film. masks in infinity pool were fucking creepy Neon actually created an Instagram filter where you could take a video of yourself and then oh, really? you see a CG mask. No way. That's actually pretty interesting. That's good marketing. Very good marketing. If Yeah, there's. I remember there was one mask. 
it had like a bunch of holes in his forehead and I don't have trypophobia which is like a fear of holes but again if you have trypophobia do not go into this movie because it is disturbing. Some parts of the film reminded me of 70s grindhouse exploitation, especially when the scene that you see in all the trailers of Mia Goth pointing the gun at Alexander Skarsgård and saying, Yeah! <laughs> and when she gets completely unhinged like that, yeah. that's when it's, when I was like, this is good. Yeah, no, we were both like looking at each other like, let's go, Mia Goth. Like, this is the Mia Goth moment. She's a threat, dude. I think she is I, winning I think an in Oscar the future, in yeah. Lifetime. Oh, definitely. If she does a dramatic role, she's getting it. In terms of the directing style, I really liked it. It's not very uh, American, I must say. A lot of Dutch angles were used. Very Dutch exper- angles, not American. Very, uh, very experimental, too. There's a shot. Uh, towards the beginning it literally is spinning you it's but it's a crane it, shot where it's the better starts tilting it's slowly. like boz should learn from this guy how to do a crane shot spinning because that was one of the best uh spinning shots i've seen on film to be honest i've seen a lot of movies to say it the least definitely added to that feeling of wrong and that feeling of surrealism coupled with this like low-key droning synth score yeah yeah, I do have to say something, though. I think Brandon Cronenberg utilizes the close-up a little too much at times. It's yeah, a- sometimes you get very close to the actor's faces. Yeah. I get it's for effect to kind of make it... Make it even, un- even more uncomfortable. More uncomfortable, but it... I thought it was overused at times. I feel like there were a couple times where it did feel like we were getting too close. Yeah, I I agree. Too close, too close. At the same time, I do see like the intention behind it. It's not like he's just randomly like closing up onto actors. He wants you to make it could have gotten just a little wider. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the wide shots are towards the beginning, and then after a certain point, they just stop doing wide shots. I would not be surprised if this was actually a slightly smaller budgeted film than Possessor. Really? Yeah. Do you think Possessor like turned people off? Why did he get a smaller budget on his follow up? Maybe that was why. Was Possessor disturbing as well? Oh, I think it was even more disturbing, honestly, than Infinity Pool. Well, that's partly because the version I saw, I think, was the uncensored version with all the extra violence. Uh, There's a supporting performance, actually, from from an actor from The Pianist, which I wish he was in the movie more. I feel like they kind of just threw him away at a certain point. I was a little disappointed with that, but I thought he was was excellent as, like, the head uh, police cop guy. The detective who was investigating all... And he kind of runs, like, the whole, like, this is how we deal with crimes in this society. And wait till you see how they deal with it. It gets gooey. Oh, it gets really gooey. Pink goo. No, I wish, too. Like, there was a certain part towards the beginning. They kind of show the process. I kind of want to see it more. That was the part where I was like, this is totally influenced by his father. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Towards the beginning when he he's wearing that dental like yeah. mouth opening mm. thing. I'm like, oh, okay. Cronenberg related. Even then, this is the one case where uh, quote unquote Nepo baby is someone I'm actually kind of proud of because he's clearly able to. I don't like that term Nepo baby, to be honest with you. I think I think this guy is doing his own thing and he you is. kind of have to separate it from his father. You're, you're correct. He He's very good. He can make a film just as disturbing and chilling and mind-bending but as at the dad. same time, Sometimes, in some ways, even more. But at the same time, keeping with his own style, right? Not doing a, a copy of his father, which is something I really respect because 
He could have gone total body horror with this project, but he decides to go a little bit, I guess, Headier. grounded with psychedelic elements, right? That's more of yeah. his style. I kind of want to pivot the conversation now that we got our thoughts out about Infinity Pool into modern horror, or as some people coin it, elevated, quote unquote, elevated horror. How do you think horror? How, how do you think horror movies are doing uh, in this day and age, Connor? I think as of now, it's a bit half and half because on one hand, you have the big studios kind of putting out crap. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely some bad horror movies there as well, but I think for the most part... Cheap jump scares, bad sound I'm going to say this up front, though. For the most part, horror has never been as good as it's been since maybe you can argue the 1970s. I think the this is... Hollywood movement. Yeah, I don't... Like, early 2000s horror comes nowhere near what it is now. Yeah, because studios were not willing to fund anything that was original or breaking the mold of what the horror genre could be. At least what it could be at the time. During the 70s, that was the new Hollywood movement. That's, I think, when people realized that horror films, just like science fiction films, could be, like, just as good just as grounded, just as adult as like any really strong Oscar-worthy adult drama. Because 2001 and Rosemary's Baby both came out in 1968 and they both revolutionized their genres in similar ways. And Absolutely. We have to mention like Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming out in the, the 70s. The Exorcist. Suspiria. Suspiria. The Shining a little bit later, right? The Shining, I would say, is like the last really great 70s horror picture and even though it's like released in 1980 yeah it's a tail end it's still very much a 70s horror picture because it's much more experimental and tries much more new things than yeah. than than most mainstream horror pictures yeah. at least made here in the states would dare to do after the 70s because after that, when we got into the 80s, it was more about horror comedy and gore. And consequently, I feel like it became less scary. Not, not a knock against those, but it became fun. Yeah, it became more for the entertainment than like, are we psychologically thinking about the movie after? Yeah, no. Another another one 80- we forgot to mention is Brian De Palma's Carrie. I think it's very Definitely. influential in terms of horror movies. Let me give you a list of uh, modern horror movies and you tell me uh, yay or nay. Ready? Hereditary. Hell yay. Get Out. Hell yay. The Babadook. Yay. Us. Yay. Pearl. Yay. I guess we'll we'll mention Most X Most of these too. are yays. I don't think you need to That's list what, them any longer. It's kind of the point that I'm making, though. There's so many good horror movies out in the last 10 years. I truly believe horror's never been this good since the 70s. And the thing is, like, they can be as good as any other like adult dramatic movie. Absolutely. Because I think people now are taking it more seriously. Yes, this in the early seriously... 2000s, like the popular horror movies were kind of like the scream movies, right? And stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's various crappy derivatives. Yeah, remember like Scary Movie too? Those got parodies. popular. Yeah, those parody movies. Obviously, horror was like more of a joke back then. With and... exceptions, 28 Days Later, J horror films. Yeah. So I'm gonna. The good stuff at that time was getting made overseas. Yeah. Let the right one in. Yeah. Oh, speaking of overseas, I haven't uh, really seen any of her movies, but Dakar Now uh, with Julia Ra. Julia Oh, Dakano. With Ra and Titan, right? Have you seen both of those? Yes. And how, how, is, how are they? They are both among the best horror pictures that are getting made today and probably of all time. Really? Like, honesty. you recommend I go watch it? 
Get on that. Get Seriously. On it. It's a weak spot, bro. She people compare her to a Cronenberg or a Lynch, but she's doing her own thing. She's she really is the new flesh, so to speak. Really? Raw essentially is a coming of age cannibal film, but like a little trippier than Bones and All, and much more neon lit and with some incredible visuals in it and a great, like very Suspiria goblin. And and was Raw score. her debut feature? Raw was her debut feature. Wow. I don't think you watch that movie. I'm not sure how that's a debut feature. It's a, no, even in your Ritu, I've heard an interview with him where he said when they were voting that year in Khan, it was like no question who was gonna get it. And it was it was her. And I think it was for Titan instead. It wasn't it was not for it Raw. It was for Titan yeah. that she got the palm door. But still and impressive. A well deserved one. And I believe she's under forty years old, correct? Or maybe even yes, under thirty five. Thirty nine years old. Thirty nine already. But Titan Titan was a, a when was Titan released? Twenty twenty one. Oh, twenty twenty wow. So it's Raw was 2016. Modern. Oh, okay. So it took some time for her to make the second movie. She did make a couple episodes of the M. Night Shyamalan series, Servant, oh, between really? then. I have not, yeah, I have not seen that. And she made a couple of short films before that, one of which won an award at Cannes. Speaking of which, this is a, a question I want to ask you is, what is your favorite horror film in the last 10 years? Probably either Get Out, Hereditary, or The Babadook. It's a three-way oh. tie between those. I have not seen The Babadook. I do need to get on that. Uh, you do need to get on that. A lot of people shit on that Where's that movie film. from? Where was that movie It's from from? Australia. Oh, okay. And it is, I think, one of the best horror films ever made. Wow. Flat out. Wow. That's a bold take because you love horror, so. I don't, I wouldn't say I love horror as much as I am just deeply fascinated by the genre and how it affects audiences and, and how film history ties with that. I wouldn't consider myself a horror fan outright because of a lack of quality films in that genre. Until now, right? They finally started picking up in terms of quality. With exceptions. There's still cheap jump scare films are still getting made. That's true. Um, what did you think of Invisible Man? That that was with pretty tw- recent. From 2021 with yeah. Elizabeth Moss. That's a little bit bigger budget too, right? I thought it was fantastic. Me too. I wouldn't even say it's, it wasn't, it only cost $4 million. Really? Yeah. Wow, it looked, it looked like tell. more. It looked like more because the the set designs were impressing me in that one. This adaptation of the story, this iteration concerns Elizabeth Moss as a woman who's been abused by her partner. He comes back as the invisible man. And in that respect, in how it plays into the fear of sexual assault and abuse, it's one of the scariest horror films in years. And I liked how they went a little bit more modern with the take on the story. That's and, what I really enjoyed. And it's all consistently believable. Elizabeth Moss, I will say straight up, should have gotten an Oscar nomination for that part. Yeah, she I mean, I, I wouldn't have opposed that, honestly. She was great in it. Like, it felt grounded and adult in ways that few modern horror pictures really could. That and Jordan Peele's films are among the very few studio horror films, because this one's Universal and Blumhouse, yeah. that can really, like, touch the heights that... European and Asian horror and the modern A24 and neon horror pictures, the really art house horror pictures. And something to note too, it's directed by Lei Wanell, who... Lee Wanell. Lei Wanell, who I'm pretty sure wrote the script for the Saw movies, right? Yeah, and he was in them. Yeah, he he was the co-lead with yes. uh, Carrie Ells. His previous film that he did before that was Upgrade, which is a sci-fi movie that had kind of a similar visual style. I, I didn't enjoy that movie as much. I really liked you it. You liked it? There are 
actually a couple of moments when after I saw Invisible Man and then went to see Upgrade, there were a couple of scenes that were kind of similar visually when the Invisible Man was attacking people. There were similar like camera movements corresponding with the action. Yeah, I remember. There's a he has this visual style that I'm 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 okay with. Invisible Man, from what he heard, did pretty well at the box office. Oh yeah. It was one of the better performing films in early 2020 before shit hit the fan. Well, let's talk about another movie that did well at the box office for horror, and it's Scream. The Scream series? The Scream series. I feel like the the original film was really a breath of fresh air when it came to the horror genre. I like the first one. In the 90s, it was a very weak decade. Lots of bad sequels, lots of Mm. slasher franchises starting to run their course. There were exceptions. There were like more psychological things like Candyman and Jacob's Ladder that were starting to be a bit more original at that time. But it was really, at least in Hollywood, it was a genre that was really lacking Scream in being much more self-referential than most generic horror films were really willing to go. It became a phenomenon partly for that reason. And because it didn't take itself too seriously. I've only seen the first Scream, and then I saw the the recent one that came out. I was kind of disappointed in the recent one. I wasn't a huge fan. I actually think it's, like, too on the nose. They even mentioned the Babadook and Hereditary, and they thought they were cool. But I was like, okay, you're not that cool. That's where just taking me out of the movie. That's what popularized the term elevated horror when Jenna Ortega is, is alone in the kitchen doing the Drew Barrymore thing and calling Ghostface like what's your favorite scary movie and she was like hereditary the Babadook it follows first of all that thread went nowhere in the plot and second of all they were just like it was just like oh we're cool we're cool and also we're jealous that these incredible films we can't make a film like that for sure to be honest hereditary is my favorite modern horror movie in the last 10 years and I think Ari Aster is somebody that Everyone has to watch. He's even coming out with a, a new movie, right, Connor? I was afraid. Who's that starring? Joaquin Phoenix. Let's go. And it's going to be a three-hour surrealist black comedy. A lot of plot details are kept under wraps. They're doing a killer job at marketing this movie, seriously. There's even a TikTok account that's the evil corporation from this movie. They're, during the trailers, they actually have, after the A24 logo, there's this other logo that shows up. And then you go to their account and it's basically like, enter your email and you will get updates on how to live free or something like that. That's I'm, a genius piece of marketing. I'm going to watch Bo is Afraid and no one can stop me. Because I think Joaquin Phoenix is one of the top working actors of our time. Oh, he is. And Ari Aster is one of the best like new directors to come out in the yeah. last 10 years. Hereditary is so impactful because it's able to mix drama and horror that I, I i haven't seen it done quite as well like maybe you can argue uh At least not recently not recently and two also something to know hereditary was ari aster's first movie like that's such a strong debut like watch hereditary you would not know that is a debut feature if you watch hereditary also tony collette not getting nominated for anything is just blasphemy don't you dare you little shit I am your mother. She is dead. No, she kills it, dude. Absolutely terrified me, but at the same time made me sympathize with the character. Because she, similarly to the Babadook, it is a horror picture about grief. Actually, both of those would actually make for a nice pairing. Really? I gotta go see the Babadook. That's on me. You gotta. That's on me. It's one of the more underrated, I think, horror films because... It's a little bit divisive, right? I talked to a lot of people who, like, some people, like, hate it. 
Wow, really? What, what like, what would they have problems with it without I spoiling? That, I think they felt it was too much of a drama and not enough scares. Was with, there, like, jump scares in it or no? There were. Later on, at least. Hmm. It's kind of a slow burn. And some people didn't like the fact that the monster was an allegory. Oh, uh, okay. So and, they didn't like it was not too literal. You're not supposed to take everything so super literal, maybe? And also, they didn't like the kid in it, was, who they found annoying. How was the kid performance for you? The kid performance was great, because he's supposed to be kind of a little disturbed. Oh, okay. And troubled, and he there's one part where he starts screaming in the car over this children's book's character, the Babadook. Is it? And, and S.E. Davis as the mother is all like, why can't you just be normal? Is the child performance as good as the one in Hereditary? Because, wow, I I'm I blanking on the actress's that. name. Millie Shapiro, she was iconic in Hereditary. Dang, you're not as good. <laughs> no, honestly though, um, she disturbed me just with the look of her face. Like Jesus, like she just like looks into the distance and goes. Yeah, no, like I'm. I hope she doesn't get bullied at school because my God, she's fucking creepy. All the acting in that film in general. Yeah, Alex. Is let's talk about Alex Wolf, dude. Having that one part where he's legit in classroom, having a moment to say the least, and just annihilating his face by like his own undoing. From what I recall, like some of that was not acting. Some of that was real. Real? Yeah, I don't know because it it was effective. I was freaked out in that classroom scene. You know which one I'm talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah. If anyone hasn't seen Hereditary, go watch it. And if you see that scene, you'll probably like almost have to stop the movie because it's. Well, intense same goes for a lot of scenes in that film yeah like straight up you hear off screen after a character death not to give any spoilers you hear tony collette crying and screaming but like painful but like painfully yeah you don't think this is acting yeah. you think this is someone who actually lost someone and the scene that it cuts to is you will piss yourself yeah we kind of mentioned like, like how they have balls to actually show that in a movie yeah that was that was a tough one to, to watch honestly and part Part of the reason why that film is so scary is one specific thing it does. Which is? The sound. Notice that at some points during the film, even during the quiet scenes, there's a warbling low frequency sound mm -hmm. that's basically meant to irritate your senses. And it goes throughout the film. And if you put in earphones, you will notice it more. Yeah, I, I actually what, like, really like... gets your heart pumping. You can argue that's one of those soundtracks that's more sound design, but it was working for me. It was definitely working. Especially, like, towards the end when it just blares out the soundtrack. I was I was, I was, was all into it. What did you think of the plot of Hereditary? Because some people I have heard say, like, the ending just didn't work for me. And I'm like... I can see why, because I guess kind of remind you of other films, but it was it still really unsettled me. I thought it was quite original. I it. thought it was a little bit original i guess people were like kind of reminding of reminded of rosemary's baby with the chanting and the honestly what uh triggered people Hello. is it's very disturbing at the end like it's just like oh wait this is like a cycle kind of thing isn't it if you're not into those type of endings that'll make you feel good hereditary is not for you but if you're into an ending that'll make you think and make you really like feel uneasy hereditary is the movie you should watch next honestly yeah it has a haunting ending Part of what also makes that film so viscerally frightening is the way it's shot because a large chunk of the film is shot with wide-angle lenses yeah. to make the faces look more distorted. And mm -hmm. with longer takes, I'm pretty sure the like, average shot length is pretty long for it at 
Ari Aster is a filmmaker who likes to pan out very slowly. Yeah, it is a little well, bit. It yeah, feel, it, it's Kubrickian. Yeah, it's it's every, a little slow paced, but I feel like every uh, eight like most modern A twenty four horror films trace themselves to The Shining. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Hereditary. I think Hereditary the, is more by Rosemary's Baby. I would say. Than, yeah, Ari Aster himself has cited that as an influence numerous times. Do you think we can pivot to the last part of our conversation, Connor? Probably. I have a quote from Mia Goth here, and I'll just read it in its entirety, and we can kind of dissect it. The quote is as follows: I think that it's very political, and that it's not entirely based on the quality of a project per se. I think there's a lot going on there. And this is regarding whether horror movies are getting nominated in award shows or not. A lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to nominations and categories that are recognized. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that either, but I think that's true. I think a lot of people know that, and I don't really know why. I think change is necessary. There has to be a shift that should take place. And if we wanted to engage with the wider public, then I think it would be a benefit for everyone. She's basically talking about how horror movies are not respected, especially by the Academy, right? In the industry. Look at Bones and all. Zero nominations. Well, in the industry specifically. So you think she has a she has a point? She does because because she didn't even get nominated for Pearl, dude, which I think was a snub. She was incredible in that film. I think horror film performances, when they're this good, can stand up with a performance in an adult drama. I agree, but I don't think the voting body agrees with us. Yeah, because... I don't think they would. The voting body is so many people, and they're largely older. I think they might be taken aback by just how staggering modern horror has gotten. I think they're not looking at like how high quality it is because even Hereditary got zero nominations. That a is, lot of people, a lot of these people ridiculous. also just don't see the movies. Yeah, like the only horror movie that I can think of that's gotten even a little bit of respect is Get Out, and that was because it had a lot of social commentary in it. It wasn't a strict and it was a studio movie. movie. Yeah, well, yeah, it Blumhouse, was Universal right? and Blumhouse. Yeah, and and, it, it, and it's you know it's very topical the movie, right? It talks about like race and other other things that, but in a way that's way more interesting than any any other filmmaker would probably do it. Yeah. No. I I I just By wish... the way, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could. <laughs> so my next and kind of final question is, do you think it's going to change or it's going to take a while for people to respect horror movies in the awards industry and stuff? It's going to take a while and it's going to take studio funding. Like will Joaquin films. Phoenix be even considered for a nomination for Bo's Afraid or are they just straight up not going to look at it? I have doubts about that. I think Especially so, since yeah. he's already won one. Yeah, I don't think they're going to care, dude. I, th- yeah. I just and don't plus, think they respect it enough. And plus it's A24 who, even though they have a best picture under their belt, they're still like kind of a cult thing. Even though they should at this point be a major studio, theaters aren't booking their movies. They're yeah. still deemed an art house although, studio. Although for out of all the studios for the Oscar race, because of everything everywhere, A24 I think was the most nominated studio. Is that Hopefully. because of one movie? Probably. It's because of one movie. Yeah. I don't think they were willing It's not to... because people are respecting A24. They're... And also, it doesn't seem like they're that good at campaigning, with exceptions. I don't, I don't know if it, they're not good at campaigning or they just don't have the money for it because it's an independent studio at the end of the day. Or they just make films that are just definitely not mainstream enough. Or they just don't really mind the awards stuff, right? Which I respect. Yeah. I'll be honest. They're just more about like creating like good movies. Yeah, and, and that's something films. I love about the great modern horror filmmakers like Jordan Peele, Jennifer Kent, Ari Aster, Julie Ducanot, Robert Eggers, the people who are really making horror the great 
film genre that it is right now and really causing it to evolve they don't care about awards they just want to make the best movie they can the best like most intelligent horror film it even seems can. like especially with eggers he doesn't even care about the box office like you don't make a movie like the lighthouse and you're like worried if it's gonna make money you're making it because it's like i'm getting willem dafoe and robert pattinson to fight over lobsters and fart and drink and dance yep and i don't care if it doesn't make money i'm just still gonna make it which i totally respect hark you're not fun to me, Lobster. I think it's going to take another film movement like what happened in the 70s and major studio funding of these really great horror pictures and studios starting to make, as Martin Scorsese would call it, cinema. Cinema, 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 cinema. Really, like, grounded, like, adult psychological films like they were doing in the 70s to actually, like, get genre films really, really respected. I have my doubt that's going to happen soon, considering the box office is really stagnant right now. Yeah. It's hard to get a movie out in theaters that isn't an IP property. Yeah. That if isn't I, a yeah. Marvel If movie. I were to call it, I think Most it's going to take bombing. 15 to 20 years for them to actually start respecting horror. And, and it's going to take, it's going to take like a performance or a, just a movie that's so good you can't deny. And one that's sufficiently funded by a major studio like a Get Out, which was universal. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of studios will want to do that yeah. because I'm no, afraid. I'd be really, I'd be really sad if like Ari Aster never got nominated for an Oscar because yeah. he definitely has like the fucking craftsmanship too. But and the one they thing. They just don't respect that genre. The thing that concerns me about Bo is Afraid though is that costs 60 million. Hey. It's bombing at the box office it's not making its money back we, even we, if people love it we're though. seeing it but Let's go. i'm worried for cinema especially since films in general are getting smaller budgets than ever yeah it seems like even horror films were getting made for more money in the 90s and early 2000s like and studios were kind of willing to back them now it feels like a lot of stuff is becoming a risk now if the 2010s were starting to become like kind of a free-for-all era mm. of a lot more experimentation especially in genre films thanks to a24 and thanks to neon and thanks to the art house companies as much as I don't usually agree with what he says, especially when he said about Marvel movie actors not being movie stars, Quentin Tarantino actually said that he worries that the 2020s and maybe a decade after will end up being what he calls a repressive age for filmmaking and studios kind of taking over and not being willing to finance anything that like takes risks. What he said was the 60s and 70s were pretty, well, at least the late 60s were and the 70s were a pretty, like, free-for-all era. That was the new Hollywood movement. Younger filmmakers were making more experimental, more appealing to their generation, more in-touch films that were starting to get critical and commercial success, and they were cheap to make. That ushered in the movie brats, like Scorsese and Spielberg and Coppola and Lucas and those icons of filmmaking. And then the 80s, this might have been a side effect of Star Wars and the summer blockbuster films started becoming increasingly commercial in the 80s there were more sequels even as iconic of a decade that was like admit it a lot of 80s films have not aged well 
at all. Might have been one of the worst decades of movie history. Probably. I think Tarantino himself actually said it was straight up the worst decade. And then the 90s came and that was the boom of independent film. And now, again, younger, hipper filmmakers were starting to make in-touch, like, very of-the-moment films. It was the age of the no-budget film, like Slacker, Clerks, Amariachi, Pie, Christopher Nolan's following. So a lot of, like, now iconic filmmakers got their start from that. That was a bit of a new wave. And then the 2000s became another like kind of repressive era and so it's like kind of cyclical yeah well i i'm gonna say this to keep it brief it may be on a downturn right now but what comes down also has to come back up so i think the renaissance of film it's it's in it's in the horizon hopefully yeah if everything ever were all at once ends up being the awards juggernaut i think there is a big glimmer of hope for really original filmmaking, especially since that film was a decent box office success. I think it is a 24th highest grossing film it, it at is. the moment. It is, yeah. But even then, it made 100 mil worldwide. It wasn't, it's going to make like only like 15% of what something like Avatar or Black Panther or Top Gun is going to be making. And so we still have to debate whether there's a commercial future for more original, more experimental, more unique, even genre films like like that and that same goes for the horror genre we gotta just wonder hopefully this new wave this new renaissance of horror that we're going through is gonna last i think it will for a little but if they continue not respecting it's gonna be hard for studios to want to make these movies and if studios like continue to not bother to finance these films yeah and not give them sufficient budgets if bo is afraid bombs ariaster might be done and might not make a film for, like, another 10 years. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Well... We're seeing it. We are definitely seeing it. We're seeing it, it, and we urge you to support it when it comes out. And we're going to make an episode on it. We're making an episode on it. That's that's a given. Thanks for listening to our conversation about modern horror and Infinity Pool. Please check us out next week. We're going to have an episode or two coming out. And please... Go out to your local theater Do it. or the nearest place that's playing them and support independent and art house films that are probably not going to get their money back in the near future. If you complain about lack of originality in Hollywood and all you see is Marvel movies, bro, what are you doing with your life? Go support independent films. Go support smaller films because they really need your support. If you want higher quality films and cinema to get made then all these all these very talented filmmakers like Jennifer Kent, like Jordan Peele, like Robert Eggers, like Ari Aster, they they need your support. Yeah. And also go go support art house cinemas too. I know I'm a little biased because I work at one, but like Marquee Street Cinema. They anywhere. are they are struggling right now. So please please just go out if you wanna, you know, save especially save those smaller theaters. Especially since film and the box office are still in such a funk right now in the midst of a pandemic so they could still use your support and independent theaters were disproportionately affected and especially if it's a horror film go see him go see him well thanks for listening and see you next time on before showtime with connor marcello let's elevate the horror